I'm Stephen. I'm Bethany. I'm Frank. And this is... Movies Against Time. Please! This is for talking! For the fugitive! You ruined Schindler's Land! All Jackie Chan's movies! Boogie Night! And Big Mama's House! This is Movies Against Time. This week was Sylvia's pick for our spooky episode. And it is 1953's House of Wax. But. With a twist. Yeah, it wasn't just 1953's House of Wax. We're also going to do a little overview of 2005's House of Wax. Just yes. to see the differences. Pitting two films against each other. Who's the better actor, Vincent Price or Paris Hilton? It's pretty clear, Paris Hilton. I don't know about that. Well, if you're going to do that, you have to compare the characters. You have to be Vincent Price versus Scarface from the new one. Uh, <laughs> whose name was Vincent? Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. Vincent Price versus the character Vincent. Yeah. Well, and, well, Vincent Price's name in the in this one is Jared. Right. Professor. So they changed his name. But that's who it is. There's a Jared in the new one. Yeah, the actor's name. Yeah. But he played a character named Dean. No, he didn't. In Gilmore Girls. Oh. But Dean was his brother in Supernatural. Right. What happened? I don't know. (laughs) I've run out of confusing turns to take. (laughs) Did you guys catch one of the producers of of this original, the 53 version? His name is David Buttolf. That's funny. B-U-T-T-O-L-P-H. I did not. Buttolf. Did he do anything interesting except having a really cool last name? Ah, uh, he produced this movie. Other than that, no, I just liked his name. <laughs> <laughs> Almost sounds like butt off. I think that's that's where you're getting your amusement from. <laughs> it was the off part. <laughs> yeah. So this was my pick because I had never seen the original one, Vincent Price. And I and my husband has always told me that he absolutely hates the House of Wax. So I wanted to I wanted him to watch this one with me and I didn't think I was gonna have it any other way. <laughs> so it was a first time look for me too. I think the only one that had seen it before is you, Bob, right? I Watching the movie, I watched it last night, and watching the movie, there's a couple of scenes that kind of popped out at me, but I don't, I can't recall that I saw the whole movie or not. All right, so first time for all, then? Yeah. Probably, yeah. Yeah, I had thought I saw it, but I think I was watching it Twilight Zone episode. <laughs> I don't know how you get the idea of Vincent Price in Twilight Zone, because I don't think he had an appearance once. No, it's just, there's an episode of Twilight Zone where a guy is making wax sculptures out of people. I do remember that. So, 1953, this one's starring Vincent Price as Professor Henry Jared, Frank Lovejoy as Detective Lieutenant Tom Brennan, Phyllis Kirk as Sue Allen, Carolyn Jones as Kathy Gray, Paul Picherny as Scott Andrews, Roy Roberts as Matthew Burke, Angela Clark as Mrs. Andrews. But the big jump out to me here was Charles Buczynski as Igor. Yeah. I'm sorry, Igor. (laughs) He just, he was just a, such a strange looking dude. And it took the third time watching for it to click to me who it was. Yeah. He's in a lot of movies we watch. 
This is the first time we've done a movie with, with him in it. Charles Bronson. Right. Originally named Charles Buczynski, <laughs> but he had changed it after the second Red Scare. Yeah. Okay, I take that back. He's in a lot of movies I've watched. <laughs> He's in a lot of movies I've watched. I love The Mechanic, Mr. Majestic. We were talking about last night, Death Wish 1 through mm-hmm. 5. Yeah. <laughs> the Dirty Dozen. Wasn't he in that one? Mm, I don't remember. Yes, he was. Okay. I've seen that so long ago. But i just never seen him this young. I mean, all, all the movies that I know him from. He has a mustache. Yes, it's the mustache is yeah. a big part. <laughs> but they're all from the 70s. This one being 20 years older than that. This guy is so young. You can't. Yeah. He's just such an, a weird looking dude. And jacked, of course. Yeah. More than anybody else in this movie. Yeah. I'm trying to think. <laughs> who was the actor I did not place for the longest time? It was the one. Jack Nicholson in The Raven. I could not place him because he was so young. <clears throat> yeah, it's it's weird seeing him that young. And then, of course, Carolyn Jones was a really small role, but we all know her, of course, years later as Morticia Adams. Yep. <laughs> and she doesn't even remind you of Morticia in this one. She's so no. ditzy. Yeah. <laughs> the blonde hair really throws you, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I think all her pictures that she has up, she has that dark black hair after this movie. It's not even like... I don't think she liked being a blonde very much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when Death Wish came out in 1974, Bronson was 53 years old. Wow. He's like the ultimate late bloomer. That puts him at around 20 in this. Yeah. Which he still kind of had an older looking face. I don't think that man ever had a young face. <laughs> <laughs> he came out at the hospital, came out of his mother, and was just like, all right, what now? He's <laughs> a version of Benjamin Buttons. Yeah. I feel like we have a couple of actors that are like that. I just think of them as always a distinguished older man, even when they were young. They just always were, and they don't age to me. Yeah. <laughs> like Morgan Freeman. Mm-hmm. I'm just leaving a space there so I can go in later and think of more and say it like I said it at the... At the... <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Throw in a Morgan Freeman impersonation later. Yeah. <laughs> but I loved our introduction to the professor. With the way that he's working on his wax statues in the Max Museum. He's very into and he meets his business partner. And you find out his business partner wants nothing to do with this. It's not making money. He's getting no turnaround. Right. Matthew Burke is the business partner who's who's $20,000 invested in this wax museum. But he wants out. And the plan is Jared is meeting with a wealthy investor that's going to buy him out. But when you're meeting the investor, you get a real look at kind of where his brain is at this point. Because he has a screw loose in the beginning of the movie, as oh, far as sure. I'm concerned. <laughs> right, right off the bat, he's just talking to these wax statues. Like they are people to him. Like they're responding to him in front of everybody. Are you talking about Jared? Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, he's in love with his work. Maybe a little vain. He has conversations with his work in front of people. Yeah. <laughs> he was molesting Marie Antoinette's hand. He was caressing <laughs> yeah, yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't strike me as weird. It struck me as a guy who like really took great care in his art. I feel like real artists probably act that way. I'm they not were a responding real artist, to his conversation. Yeah. <laughs> That's a little much. I didn't read it as super crazy at first at all. Yeah. I, I thought that it was super crazy that nobody was really calling him on it. 
Yeah. Yes, that too. <laughs> I feel like they meant to make him look a little crazy. Like maybe it's not too much off the bat with how he felt about his artwork. But the fact that he wouldn't leave the museum when it started catching on fire, knowing there's no way he's not getting out of there without some serious damage to his body. Yeah. Right. So his partner, <laughs> he meets with this this mystery investor, Mr. Wallace, and he basically says he's very interested, but he has to go to Egypt for three months and he'll talk when he gets back because he's financing a couple excavations in Egypt. What do you think he's doing in Egypt? I think he's digging up some... Stargate? Maybe. <laughs> Could be the or Stargate. Or the, the exorcist <clears throat> thing. It's a possibility. He seems to like more of the artwork, though. <laughs> Wasn't that around the same time? In the Just in the Stargate universe, isn't that around the same time that they discovered it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was making very good connections over uh, there. That's a weird tie-in. <laughs> it's also around, around the same time they found the mummy. Yeah. And if you're a Chuck Norris fan, the movie Hero and the Terror, there's some excavations going on in Egypt in that one. Yeah. That's later on, though. Doesn't fit the timeline. Yeah. Shouldn't even have brought it up. <laughs> Way to go. So this movie was, if we're just, right off the bat, we can compare the two with saying that the 1953 film was a gigantic hit. Oh, yeah. People this movie loved made it. money. <laughs> this movie rebooted Vincent Price's career because it was going down in the tubes. Yeah, he'd just been for like 30 years being like, secondary character, supporting actor. Yeah. This is really his first foray into horror movies. Mm-hmm. Before this, he was <clears throat> doing dramas and comedies and romance. and Yeah, that's, that's what started his big horror run. It's crazy when you think, do we have the difference in how much they made from the first to the next one? Uh, I read a couple conflicting sites one had said that the original had made 21.3 million dollars in 1953 which seemed crazy but then i found another one that says it made 5.5 domestic that's what i had read and within the time span of 10 years they re-released the movie on a constant basis so their new releases made up to that much i believe was the ending for the first number you said one of the big draws, of course, was it was going to be, it was 3D. Another conflicting yeah. thing, you'll see websites saying it's the first ever major film that was made in 3D. The first, what I read was it was the first 3D film made by a major studio in, right. the, in the U.S. I think there's two other films before this one. I don't know. I've, I've also read that there was one before this one. So there was probably other independents that tried it. There was probably attempted in other countries. But they didn't seem to go anywhere no one liked those ones at all 1952 a film called buona devil came out in 3d and it was produced by united artists <laughs> that was one year before this made five million dollars which i mean we're saying five million dollars and you think about today's movies coming yeah, out and making two hundred million two hundred three hundred million dollars <laughs> but you got to remember that this time Tickets were forty nine cents. Yeah. Yeah. So it takes a lot to get to that number. It's <laughs> yeah. it's it's really remarkable. Another thing I liked is that yeah, it's three D, but they do not rely on it. They do not throw it in your face like the whole movie, like we've seen some do. 
And partially it's because the director, Andrew DeToth, mm-hmm. has one eye. Really? So he physically can't see in 3D. <laughs> they had yeah. all these huge, bulky cameras to film and, and, and stereoscopic. And he just, as he's looking at the dailies, he's like, I don't, I don't see the appeal. Because he has one eye. Yeah, mm-hmm. he can't so see 3D doesn't work. So, that, but that, I think that helped. That that made it so that he wasn't going to focus on the 3D thing, right? Yeah. And a lot of movies do that. And we Take don't like it. it. Gives us kind of a headache. Yeah. That Jaws 3D is a good example. Yeah. It was so. It was so bad. <laughs> I think the only movie I have ever tried to actually watch in 3D with the glasses <laughs> was just one of the Freddy Krueger's movies. Now, did you watch? I didn't like it. I, I saw Jaws 3D in the theater. And in the theater, the 3D effect was amazing. I have never seen 3D in a theater. (laughs) And then later on, years later, I watched it with the little red and blue glasses at home in a 3D version, and it wasn't as good. Hmm. Maybe that's But in the theater, man, Jaws 3D was wild. That's crazy. I I saw Shrek the Third in 3D with Ares and, and his mom. Yeah. I guess Sylvia wasn't there. I didn't put the glasses on because it hurt my <laughs> eyes. I, well, I kept taking them off, too, because it was killing my eyes. That's yeah. what I mean. Like, I couldn't watch it. And then you're watching it without the glasses on, and it also is hurting your eyes. I just, the whole time. Yeah, that's just blurry. Yeah, I think that was <laughs> the, the first and last time I tried a 3D film. <laughs> yeah, as soon as, it hurt, like, it hurt my eyes for three seconds, I was done. <laughs> so I don't consider that watching it. <laughs> the fight scene between Jared and Matthew, I think, is lacking. <laughs> I did not like it. Yeah. There was just too much time in between. He should have been able to get that lighter out of his hand and stop the whole thing from happening. It's but matches and, and everything yeah, just going matches. up like it's dry straw. But it's just too one-sided. Like, at, at what point do you stop chasing after the guy that keeps knocking you out? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. he gets knocked out by this dude three times and keeps waking up and running after him and <laughs> knocked out again. Yeah. Never gets a solid hit in. Kind of bummed me out. That's what I mean. That's crazy. You just leave after that. You see everything's going up in flames. But I can see where they'd have a hard time really. I mean, obviously, they weren't choreographing great fight scenes in the 50s anyway. But it's got to be hard to do that while you've got supposedly three controlled fires on set. That that went absolutely out of control. (laughs) Yeah. I think Vincent lost his eyebrows in that shot. Mm -hmm. He had singed his eyebrows. Burnt a hole in the roof of the studio. Yeah. And and if you see, (laughs) like, there's a point. When when Vincent Price is running out or attempting to run out after Matthew Burke's already gone, and then the the balcony above him falls like split seconds after he runs under it. Yeah, that was yeah. real, and that's that's just lucky timing at that yeah. point. I will say one of the things that was amazing is, is watching the wax figures melt. <gasps> that was so good. Yeah, that was a really unsettling <laughs> shot. I enjoyed that so much. To me, it felt like they front-loaded the whole film with that. That should have been at the end. Yeah, yeah. I was expecting to see, like, skeletons underneath when it happened, but you didn't. <laughs> well, yeah, because at this point, he's not crazy crazy yet. Yeah, yeah. He's, only, <laughs> he's like, halfway. <laughs> he still has his hands. He can make the, the sculpture. Yeah. I wonder how much that alone cost them just to burn those wax figures. They saved money on the on the the sculptures because they shot all the scenes afterward. You know, when he's actually putting skeletons in the bodies mm-hmm. or in, in this in the sculptures, they shot all those before they, they melted the, the figures. So even though we see the figures melt in the beginning of the film, right. they actually shot that afterwards. Okay. That makes sense. 
Where they melted was the big, yeah, okay. They filmed that last. So they didn't have to make it twice, basically. <laughs> yeah. Which makes sense. That'd be crazy if they did that. Plus, you might burn up your lead actor. <laughs> it didn't seem like they cared about that. <laughs> well, they were done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he wasn't a big name at that time. It didn't really matter yeah. what happened to him. This is the only film you're going to see Price put on makeup, too. No, yeah. When he's the creeper. I was wondering if that was actually him as the It creeper. is, yeah. yeah. He sat for three hours <laughs> to put it on and three hours to take it off. Wow. And never again <laughs> does he put on makeup for a film. You yeah. see him in masks and stuff, but never makeup. <laughs> I'm wondering if more people were just unsettled with his mask. Because I know there was a lot of people that fainted when they first saw him in it. And they didn't want him around when he was in makeup. I wonder if that's the same reaction they had with Freddy Krueger when they first saw him, or they were more like cavalier because it was this time, more this time period. Yeah, I think people get more jaded and they've just seen so much; they're accustomed to yeah. <laughs> craziness. But but in the fifties, yeah, that was he wasn't allowed to go to the commissary and get food. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with horror movies. I'm like, I can watch them and like not even show an expression yeah (laughs) i'm i'm like that to a point it's when it's when it's they call it a horror but really it's just like that body gore stuff stuff. like the saw movies and the saw movies aren't even that at least the first one wasn't that egregious but like hostile yeah they got worse yeah it's just (laughs) what do you i mean what are we watching it for i'm I'm not scared that's not yeah that's not fear it's just cringe yeah (laughs) I think that's why I like watching uh, our daughter. She's four, and her first reactions to these movies, because she doesn't get to see a lot. So it's like, okay, if this kid stays put and she's not moving around, there's a good movie. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Did, did you catch the line where he's talking to Wallace, and they're talking about the Joan of Arc statue. He's like, this is the Joan of Arc. I've done her dozens of times, and she still doesn't <laughs> complain. I cracked up laughing. Yeah. No way this generation would consider that completely sexual. <laughs> Our minds went straight to the gutter when we heard that. <laughs> oh, it's what they intended. Yeah. So we're to believe he burns down with the I mean he doesn't they don't really show us getting him getting out of the museum. <clears throat> right. The next time we see Matthew Burke, it's him on a date with Carolyn Jones character, Kathy. Right. He's talking about how oh, I lost my best friend. He was a true artist. Yeah, big fat liar. Yeah, <laughs> but he lets on that he he finally got the insurance money, and she's just complete money hungry. How much? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then what was it? I don't even think I can mimic it. <laughs> what was her, her horrible laugh? Laugh. It drove at- me bonkers. <laughs> it was the worst. I'm glad she's only in the movie for like a minute. Yeah. Considering the fact that I think she actually wanted to, and Sue didn't want to be in this movie, and Sue is so much a better actress than she was on this movie alone, though. I saw that, yeah. Phyllis Kirk was so upset about being in this movie. She she turned it down. She she was, I have no good memories of working with Charles Bronson. I remember arguing with the director several times. God, you sounded like a nightmare. (laughs) (laughs) Might want to take a pause. Oh, dear. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I think at that time actors are actors and actresses were contracted into doing a certain amount of it of movies or shows a year, and they weren't allowed to turn them down. They just had to do them, or they broke their contracts. Yeah, they had like they had like contracts for like three or four movies at a time. 
<laughs> and this one was through what? Was it Warner Brothers or? Yes. Pardon the boom. We had an intruder. <laughs> Big old hairy one. <laughs> <laughs> Normally I'd let him chill, but that one's coming down to my head. <laughs> I know. That's why I kind of alerted you. <laughs> Much preach on that. <laughs> that laughed at that girl head. Oh, gosh. That could be a sound bite for another horror movie altogether. It could. You're going to have to put that in because no one's going to believe how horrible that laugh is. It was like is. a mixture of a chipmunk strangling. It's like a dolphin choking on a chipmunk. If a girl don't watch her figure, the man won't. Maddie, wasn't that the man you were going to marry? Yes, but he hung himself instead. <laughs> oh, Maddie was such a car. <laughs> Something. <laughs> is he nice? Oh, awfully nice. A real gentleman, except when he's had a couple of drinks in him. <laughs> oh, that's to be expected. It was the worst laugh I've ever I could ever see heard. a group of kids going into a haunted house to explore the place, and you just hear that coming from a dark closet. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that would be terrifying. I wish it was scary. It was just irritating to me. Yeah, yeah. In in this form, yeah. My note, my note when she does it the first time, and I'm watching it. Kathy's laugh is low key infuriating. her and sue have like a little moment talking about her new boyfriend and i guess they're living in the same boarding house different rooms sue is low on money and is already past due for her rent and kathy was supposed to get some money from burke to lender she comes home and the landlordy landlordy (laughs) runs after her and is like you better go ask her for that money right now i need it now so she goes to kathy's room to ask her for the money, and Kathy's dead in the bed. Yeah. And that's the first time we see the creeper. Which is kind of terrifying the way he comes in. Oh, man. It looks. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. It, fantastic makeup. And I like how he slowly comes in with, like, the shadows behind him. I've always liked that. Did either one of you see him be like, oh, my goodness, this is Dark Man? Because that's what I thought. No, but once you mentioned it, it kind of. It fits. The, even the, the outfit. Yeah. The. The hat. The kind of cloak thing. Yeah. I love yeah. Darkman. So when I saw that, I was like, <laughs> oh my goodness. This is where he came from, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> and Liam Neeson's kind of a Vincent Price of our time. Yeah. yeah I <laughs> love him. I said it and I hated it. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's not as good, but I mean, he kind of has that same sort of presence, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Same build. Yeah. I'm not sure I've seen a single Liam Neeson movie where he was serious. He's not. <laughs> but I don't think Vincent Price did serious very good either. <laughs> no. Even this film's so campy. It feel you know what it felt like? It felt like a musical where they took all the songs out. <laughs> the way they shot this one. They could big elaborate sets. Except for the can can. Yeah, there scene. was a bit of music in it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I missed that though. When they put on the can can, all I kept thinking about was the ShopRite can can commercials with that. <laughs> During that month, was it a month or a week that they would do the can can at ShopRite and then have the girls on the commercial yep. doing it? You <laughs> can't remember? Know. Oh my God, I'm so much older all, than you. All canned goods were on sale <laughs> for that time period. Uh, yeah, I can't recall. But ShopRite's kind of a regional thing, isn't it? I don't think it's countrywide. Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't there know, but you're from my right same here. region, so you're still making me feel old. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> we get that morgue scene. I, d- I don't believe the science behind what happened in there. Yeah, we're yeah. <laughs> they're they're looking at the body <clears throat> of, of Kathy and they start walking out and then one of the there's just 
like a dozen bodies under sheets. And then as they're walking out, one body just sits straight up like Undertaker. <laughs> and, guy, and, and both of them are just so nonplussed. He's like, oh, you know, the, the embalming fluid makes the bodies jump. You'll get used to it. First of all, I don't believe that's true. And second of all, I don't believe you'll ever get used to that. (laughs) Dead bodies just popping up. All I kept thinking during that scene was I was trying to figure out if this was the time where they were still putting arsenic in the bodies to keep them fresh. Oh, I'm sure in the 50s we were putting freaking arsenic and asbestos in our cereal. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I kept thinking that because of the fact that I think they had opened up a grave like 10 to 15 years after they had embalmed it. And it looked like brand new because of the arsenic. So I was like, is the wax when you're putting it on? Because I feel like the wax should make it burn a little bit. So there should be a smell. Why aren't these bodies stinking up everything? Because dead things stink. Yeah. That was my, (laughs) like, is the arsenic or the embalming fluid helping it not smell so bad? Well, wax is a very good seal. I guess so, but I I don't know. I'm just curious on this whole logic behind it. Is that something that would actually happen? Have they tested this theory out that wax can actually make smells not happen? More I, of your thoughts, right? No, I just... <laughs> do, you, do you need to know You this? ask science questions sometimes, and I can't... I didn't do science. Do you need to know this out of curiosity or for future plans? <laughs> Curiosity, Bob. Pure curiosity. If anybody knows out there, please give us a shout. I would like to know these answers. You don't have to leave your name, just the answers. (laughs) We get a bunch of scenes of uh, the police station and Detective Lieutenant Tom Brennan. This is one movie where, like, the police seem to be, for even for the time period, they seem very capable. (laughs) Like, they figure things out pretty quick. Yeah. They actually listen to what people are telling them. They don't just shove it under the rug. You don't know what you're talking about. This mm-hmm. is how, what it is. No one's like, oh, you were probably dreaming. <laughs> He's just like, well, I'm not going to show you any suspects because there's no point because no one we know looks that way. I like the detective, Jack Mower, the one that is like, I know somebody by face. I can't forget him. I liked him a lot. He was the one that figured out the guy that was helping the professor <clears throat> was a known criminal, and they pulled him in, the one that they have interrogating him, mm. won't give him his alcohol. What an interrogation process. I thought that was funny, because I felt like that was very realistic. I could see a couple of my <laughs> friends when I was younger having a fit, seeing a bottle in front of them and just <laughs> giving everything away. <laughs> just goes to show, if you have people working under you, and you're committing crime. Don't let them know Make anything. Make sure they don't have any real weaknesses like that. <laughs> <laughs> thought that was weird. Where Igor was just caressing the face of the statue. The only thing <laughs> Igor seems to be able to make is himself, which I thought that was weird. So Wallace shows up at a door, rings the doorbell. Igor answers. Being a deaf mute, of course, he heard the door- doorbell ring and answered it. <laughs> he's He's basically saying, I got this letter from... Uh, Professor Jared, who I know has died, so it, do you know why he told me to come to this place? And he's just like, me, 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 me. <laughs> doing the Igor thing. <laughs> Goes in and meets him. Now he's in a wheelchair. His hands are badly burnt. But for the most part, his legs can't hold him. His hands are burnt, but he seems completely normal. Yeah. He Very looks like strange. Vincent Price. He doesn't look like Creeper Face. 
No, it's very strange. Now he's he's kind of on the same <clears throat> path that Matthew Burke was. In the, it, earlier, Burke was like, you, you do all this stuff for history. You need to do more macabre, scary stuff. Get people in here. And he's like, no, that's not what I do. I do art. Now, all of a sudden, he's like, I'm just going to make murder and macabre and horrible things. And Wallace yeah. picks up on that. He's like, it seems like you've lost your art. That was why they had the whole fight in the beginning of the movie. Because he didn't want to do the horror stuff. Yeah, well, no, well, the fight was because I'm burning this place down for insurance right, money. That he he went that route because he was trying to talk him into doing the horror stuff, which would attract more people and increase business. Well, it makes sense. And he didn't want to do it. It makes sense why he switched because at this point he needs to do more of the macabre that's in today because he needs to steal the bodies so he can just put wax over their bodies. He can't officially make his own creations anymore. Right. He seems to be using his hands pretty well, even though he's in that wheelchair claiming he can't use his hands. <laughs> well, everything he says he can't do, he can obviously he's do. wheeling himself around. He's not yeah. needing to be pushed or nothing. I mean, he has use of his hands. Yeah. Maybe, maybe. I don't think he did detail. Maybe he claims he lost de the dexterity in yeah. him, I guess. Yeah. He, said, he literally <laughs> says, sorry, my hands aren't hands anymore. Yeah. But also, we know, spoiler alert, he just gets out of the wheelchair and <laughs> yeah. can pick people up. And it's not. At all. Yeah. Between the beginning of the movie and the end of the movie, he became a much better fighter. Oh, yeah. You get way better at fighting when <laughs> you like, burn alive. He went, to, he went to that island that Van Damme went to and trained with that guy kicking the <laughs> kicking the bamboo trees. Yeah. <laughs> I have a feeling that when he went through the fire, what is it when you lose your feeling where you can't feel pain? I think that's what happened to him. That's Darkman. Yeah, yeah, but I feel... You're dark man in him again. <laughs> yes, maybe. But it makes sense to me that... If you went through all that, you should still be in a coma right now, unless you could feel some pain. He shouldn't be up. He shouldn't be doing anything. He should be laying in bed, recovering from his burns. Yeah, judging by the scars on his hand and saying he can't use his legs and all that, I would imagine a huge part of his body scarred up. If that's the case, like, isn't this stuff they used to do, like, skin grafts and stuff for? I think so. Hey, this movie's from 1953. Do you know what that means? That wasn't available at the time. It means it is 69 years old. It is nice. older than everyone in here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and we enjoyed it, so I feel like that's saying something. Rare intermission in the middle of this one. For for an 88-minute movie to have an intermission in the middle was kind of interesting. Well, I think they only had the two reels, and when you had that, you had to switch it over, so they had to make a intermission for the reel switch. We get our carnival barker guy with the the paddle balls. He cracks which me was up. Weird, so weird. It's, <laughs> and that's another example of like I think that's the most egregious version of we're just doing this for three D. Yeah, <laughs> and he broke the third law too. I think fourth wall. Damn fourth wall. Talking thing. to the camera. Yeah, he was like, "And you, lady with the popcorn." <laughs> I get, I get why they were doing it with the paddle balls, but why did he eat all the balls? No, yeah, none of that made sense. I really didn't like the guy. He wasn't a high point for me in the movie. I didn't mind him too much, but people he wasn't acting needed. like what he's doing is some kind of amazing feat. It's not. Although he's better at that than I am. Oh yeah, I couldn't do that. I've seen children do this. <laughs> yeah, but he's like constant. Like there's no miss. And the way he puts it through, <laughs> like he holds it and the ball goes through and swings back. I can't do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't do a yo-yo either, Bob. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> How many times do you think you pop those people in the face? So many. 
I wish I had the, the way they're flinching, that happening. The way they were flinching, probably a couple at least. Yeah. <laughs> so Jared reopens his museum. His sculptures look strangely similar to the ones we watched burn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do like that first opening night. You got the people walking through. That one woman who keeps fainting. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. She needs the salts. According to the, the commentary on the DVD, that is Andrew DeToth's wife. Oh, yeah. The director's wife, yeah. <laughs> I feel like he became a better showman when he was walking around telling everyone about this wax people in this at this time than when at the beginning. He doesn't sound as crazy to me. Yeah, he, did, he wasn't trying to have conversations with them this time. Well, he doesn't love them. <laughs> He's not making them anymore. Yeah. He doesn't have the... The delicate, like that, that I do believe. I do believe he can't do like the the actual artist part, the dexterity yeah. to do yeah, like yeah. the art, fine motor control. Maybe, yeah. It might just be the nerves. Like if his nerves are all burnt, and he can't feel. Your that would cause you to mess up stuff right there. Or he's got carpool tunnel. So that was a real guillotine they had there. Mm-hmm. I feel like every movie that has a guillotine in it, there's a fact that it's a real guillotine. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't it seem like that? Like, I've heard it about a few movies. I, yeah. I did read it about this one as well. But, like, it just seems like whenever there's a guillotine in a movie, there's a, there's some IMDb fact. Like, did you know they used a real guillotine? <laughs> I think it was a whole argument at the end why the guy didn't want to have his head there and they were talking him into yeah, it. Yeah, I wouldn't either. <laughs> yeah, no. He, they were going to fire him. We're going to do this in one cut and that's it. <laughs> yeah, he like threatened to walk, and they were just gonna be like, "All right, go for it." And then somebody on set was like, "No, no, let's just let's be reasonable. It is a bad idea." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I read something that they modified the guillotine. They made it slightly less him... dangerous. Yeah, slightly. That's the wording they used. I'm like, oh, cool. <laughs> I gave my head under that. Nah, I'll pass there too. One thing that bugged me about uh, Sue's performance when she's going through the first night. Of the museum, and she sees the Joan of Arc, clearly Kathy, mm-hmm. but she's not for sure. She's just assuming, and she's feeling that it's wax. She acts so distraught and freaked out about it, but later on, when she gets a chance to actually pull the black hair back and see the blonde hair underneath and is sure it is Kathy, she's yeah. not stressed She's so out. nonplussed. She's like, yeah. I knew it was. Yeah, she was on the verge of, like, a panic attack the first time around. Yeah, and and then the second time around, she just gives nothing. Oh, I was right. Yeah. Like, what? I knew I was right. (laughs) Like, it was supposed to be her parking space. That's the way she's acting. Yeah, no, it should have been more stress on her behalf. We didn't really talk about the chase scene. When when she does find Kathy's body and the creeper sees her, she jumps out that window. He chases her for, like, three, four city blocks. And I guess the... The script had five pages dedicated to the chase scene. Really? Yeah. Wow. How much do you have to do chase and run weird? Trip over garbage can. <laughs> I mean, what? <laughs> yeah. Look back, pause, scream. <laughs> you know what? He wasn't a producer. The music is by David Buttolf. Ah. Uh-huh. Mm. Besides for Ripley's Believe It or Not, that's the only place I've seen any kind of wax people or statues. Have you seen them anywhere else? No, that was the same place I saw <laughs> I really want to go to a wax museum now. I don't think I've ever seen one. No? No. They're kind of cool. I mean, pictures and on TV and that kind of thing, but never in person. You know, th- there's Mystery of the Wax Museum from 1933. Then this, which was a direct remake of that in 1953. And then 2005, we have The House of Wax. 
But in 1997, there was a movie called Wax Mask, which is the same storyline and plot of this movie, but they did not get the rights. So it's just like an illegal remake. (laughs) (laughs) Call it something different and tell the same story. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, they do it with songs all the time, I feel like. I guess it's like, it's, it's similar to this movie, but way gorier. And now I wonder, like, should we have... Should we have done a night of doing House of Wax versus House of Wax, or should we have done one that's more of a direct? Because because the 2005 House of Wax is such a loosely based yeah remake. It's, I wish we had, but we didn't even know that existed until no. They, and they went more literal the with research. the name of the movie. Yeah, like House of Wax. The house was made of wax. <laughs> yeah, it almost seemed like at first it seemed like a really good idea when you had said it. I was like, yeah, we can just kind of watch a good version and then watch the horrible remake. But it's such a loosely based remake. It's it's not fair. It's almost its own movie. It is kind of its own movie and also very visually interesting. And, you know, I I remembered the Paris Hilton part and just hating that. Because she wasn't (laughs) good. She's not very good. But she's not in it very long either. And and the movie itself, you really can't take anything away from it. Yeah. They should, if they had named it something else, it would have been its own. Its own movie. Interesting horror slasher. Yep. Yeah, I don't know what else they could have named it, though. I mean, based on what was ha- the yeah. killer's uh, theme, <laughs> it had <laughs> covering a, a, people with wax, the whole house was made of wax. <laughs> really good soundtrack. Yeah. Great visuals. They barely leaned on the, the special effects. The only thing in the movie, the whole movie, that, that really stuck out to me was Vincent's face when they yeah. finally take off his mask and you see his deformity, which is completely CGI and... and Looks like you're watching a fake thing on a guy's face. <laughs> they could have done better since they had everything else at their <clears throat> disposal. I mean, look, you have to think about the little wax babies they made the two together. Mm-hmm. Those two are awesome. So many things in that movie are really cool looking. Yeah. It was the opposite of, of the 53 House of Wax where it came out and had horrible reviews, did very poorly in the box office. It made its money off of rentals and DVD and VHS sales. Yeah. I think 40, 40 something million dollars <laughs> secondary market, like DVD, VHS, rental. Right. I don't think they got it out before Halloween, which they originally wanted to. I think something had happened. I had to look up. That was Jared Padalecki was in that. Mm-hmm. And I had to look it up because it was 05, and I knew that the TV series Supernatural started in 05, too. That was the I first thing I ever saw. I had to look it up to figure out on. which one came first. <laughs> yeah. The House of Wax he did was came out four months before the premiere of Supernatural. That makes sense because that was the first thing I ever saw him in. Yeah, I think he started getting popular when Gilmore Girls when he was on that. Mm-hmm. House of Wax isn't the only remake he was in. No, he did the Friday the Thirteenth too in '09. Yep, I went and saw that one in theater. Did you? Yep. I don't like that one so much. No, me either. <laughs> <laughs> but you're at the theater. What are you gonna do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I would very loosely call this one a remake. <laughs> Well, like I said, I had never seen it until four days ago, so yeah. I had no idea the storylines between them. I mean, there's a couple. Some there's only only like one real similarity I can point out is that the killer was like scarred and was wearing a mask, <laughs> and and he was covering people with wax. Yeah, but other than that, it's completely different. <laughs> yeah, there's no real similarities between the two, which is usually a mistake. You you get people to the theater on false pretenses. But when you wait a long enough time period, no one knows what the first one's about. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there probably wasn't a whole lot of interest. Like in 05, like you said, now the movie's what, 69 years old? Mm-hmm. Nice. So in 05, it would have been 
20 years less, 40 something years old. Old enough for people not really to remember the original. Yeah, still. Mm -hmm. Plus the fact, I don't even think I had seen the House of Wax on DVD or VCR or anywhere else until I saw it on Amazon Prime for rental. Because they don't even stream it free. It was just one of those ones I knew was a Vincent Price movie, but I could never get it. You can usually tell it's a good movie when you're looking on those channels if, if they charge for it. <laughs> That's a hint. They, get, they, get, they give you the lesser quality ones for free, and then they charge you more for the better movies. Yeah. <laughs> so they've... I don't know. You know what? I almost don't even want to really talk big about the ending of the 1953 film. Yeah. How it ends. Because I think a lot of people, like we were saying, have not seen it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I think we, we leave that for the listener to watch itself. Yeah, mo I think most people that have seen it that are still alive are well beyond middle age. They're probably not listening to this They're show. Not, probably not <laughs> podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so, this is definitely one I think everyone should at least watch once. Yeah, I recommend it. It's a horror for 1953. You have to understand you're going back and watching a movie from 1953. Yeah. So you can't really judge. It's hard to critique the way we do these movies from to like the 80s and 90s. Yeah, most... In most cases today, people refer to horror movies and it's just gore fest. Yeah. This is more of a mystery. Yeah, it's more of a suspense kind of horror. It's more eerie <laughs> in tone. It is a creepy vibe throughout the entire movie. Yeah. Sure. Igor himself is a creep. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I will say that, though. I love it when Igor is walking through the new wax museum that they have. And his head is on the shelf just like it is in Young Frankenstein. That yes. cracked me up. I yeah. love that. They I set up that he, he, he seems to have a fascination <clears throat> with every time he makes a head for a sculpture, it has to be his face. <laughs> and with no reason for it. And even when that was kind of a funny scene when Price is telling Wallace that you, you see in the background, he's like doing like a, like a Vanna White thing on his own face. Like, look how pretty. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> You would know Charles Bronson is not pretty. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it cracked me up. I loved it in Young Frankenstein. I loved it in this one. It just amuses me. I like his little underground lab mm -hmm. where they're yeah. making the wax sculptures out of people. That's maybe the second thing's the same with the other movies. That kind of did resemble the other one, yeah. You got the big tank of wax boiling away and then all mm -hmm. the tubes and pipes and glass fixtures and all that. Like his little hideaway for his evil things he does. So I guess we can kind of jump more into the 2005 remake. That one we've all seen. Yes, everyone out there should have seen yeah. that movie at some point. I actually remember it being worse than how I felt about it this I, time. That's how I felt. Yeah. I was ready to go into this to just rip into that movie. Like, and now let's talk about this piece of crap. And it's not. <laughs> no. They did so. And you know what I think it is? I say it every episode. I think... We are just used to bad movies now. That's what we get. <laughs> we get bad movies, and it's all we have, so we have to judge it against. So we're watching these movies that are just complete CGI. Yeah. Or or just tired old horror movies that don't really... Other than your 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 standouts like, like Smile, Barbarian, Get Out, stuff like that, they're usually all pretty much the same. They've made the, the Exorcism movie 400 times since <laughs> know, The Exorcism. With nothing really new. Yeah, how many different it. ones that just changed the title slightly? Yeah, Exorcism of Emily Rose, yeah. Exorcism of Steve Nash. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The Exorcist, The Exorcist 
to the exorcist. <laughs> like, I completely forgot that the twins in the movie, that he really wasn't a bad guy. Like, I had him pegged as just this snotty kid at the through the whole oh, thing. Oh, Chad Michael Murray? Yeah. And I completely like forgot that he wasn't as bad as he seemed. Yeah. His character's weird. I, I'm not going to say the movie's perfect. No. I'm just saying that it's it doesn't deserve to just be ripped on because it has yeah. its own very interesting themes. One of the problems, though, is more twins, huh? We just had this conversation last week about <laughs> twins. <Yeah. laughs> I wasn't a fan of putting twins in movies for what seems like no reason. Yeah. And in this oh. House of Wax, we have two sets of twins. We do, but at least these ones are identical twins, so they're not so frustrating. Well, Vincent and Victor, or no, Victor Vincent and Bo, they were Siamese. Twins. Those, yeah, but Nick but if and they had uh, fully separated would have been identical twins. Probably yes, <laughs> but you can tell the difference. One has long hair, one has short well, hair, nice face. So at least we can tell them apart. Yeah, the other two were hard for me to tell apart. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> they were a Brother boy, a boy and a girl. But my problem was they. They kind of had like sexual energy. Yes, yeah, that that's the thing most people are awkward. not happy about with that and when they saw that. Of course, I'm going to dock some points because you had Jared Padalecki die first. The very first contest. You know, <laughs> he's so tall. Yeah. <laughs> they had, is it Elisa like Cuthbert? Or something like that. What was the name of the actress? Eliza Cuth- Cuthbert. Yeah. Cuthbert, yeah. She's wearing two-inch blocks on her shoes really? when, whenever she's standing next to Jared <laughs> in a scene so that he doesn't look so tall. <laughs> yeah, she was from a movie called The Girl Next Door and then that TV show, The Ranch. I remember The Girl Next Door. I was trying to figure out why she looked so weird in all the shots, and I couldn't pinpoint yeah. why her bodyscape looked weird, but were you saying that that makes more sense to me? Yeah, now. Jared was taller than all of them. Yes, I'll he's buy, he's I'll six four, minimum of a full head. Yeah, <laughs> pretty sure he's like the same height as us. I think he's yeah, six that, four. Yeah, that's why they had to get rid of him first. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was making everybody else look small. <laughs> I love the town that they come across. That's yeah. so good. Bo's truck that we see when they're camping, it just pulls up ominously. You just see his thumb out the window. Yes. Yeah. And he has the brights on on him. They're That's all good. like, turn them off. You can see all the guys. Because it's a group of five, three guys and two, two girls. girls, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, four, four guys counting Nick. Yes, Padalecki. you're right. Four. And you got Chad Michael Murray. You got the guy who was in uh, My Cousin Skeeter. Um, Not My Cousin Skeeter. My Cousin Skeeter. It's Cousin Skeeter. Blake. <laughs> is that? Blake is the name of the, of the character, yeah. Robert Richard. Robert Richard. I think he actually had killed him i think he he, he is dead mm. which sucks because he, he was in a bunch of disney shows and yeah i believe he took his own life a while back i think he had issues with mental health that's sad yeah Working for a disney good actor. seems to be a kiss of death dude it's so common for disney <laughs> actors I mean, to be bonkers yeah i mean you're thinking about it you're starting kids out so young with all these responsibilities i don't think it's disney's fault i just think Throwing children into that kind of life is hard on them. They have no time to grow the way they need to, being a child. Yeah, that's something you need to be an adult. Like, like Charles Bronson did it right, getting famous at 50. 
<laughs> <laughs> Even Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, he he really wasn't really a leading man in films until he was in his forties. Yeah, I I just feel like if you're constantly in the public's eye, I'm sorry, people, we are not nice when we criticize each other. <laughs> Look, we are happened? not. Look what happened to the kid that played young Anakin Skywalker. I don't know. I don't know. There's a pretty famous mug shot going around. I know that kid. I, we were talking about it last week, I think. The kid from, uh, there was a kid from one episode of Supernatural who threw a coin in a wishing well and got superpowers. Yeah. That and one that ended up killing his mom. He killed his mother. I don't his- think it's the Supernatural stuff. No, no, no. But I'm saying. <laughs> like that wasn't, we're, we're talking about it's another the Phantom Menace. <laughs> yeah. Like the biggest movie yeah. when it came out. And everyone had strong feelings about it. Not yeah. so good feelings about it. Yeah. That kid grew up as the one that ruined Darth Vader. <laughs> Not just a kid that was in a TV show once. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that's just mental illness to to whatever yeah. the hell happened to that guy. That one, uh, one of the Power Rangers from the original show killed his roommate with a sword. Really? Yeah. Wow. I mean, well, was You just can't it? have kids in movies. It was... <laughs> What was the one we did with the TV with the little girl? Poltergeist. Poltergeist. She ended up getting really sick, and she just wanted to work through it, and she ended up passing. Oh, yeah. Like She, it, she made the second movie. She got through two movies. Mm-hmm. She, and would, then have, she th- would have been in the third sequel, I'm sure. I and think she, Haley Joel Osment's pretty good. Yeah. He seems to be doing okay. <laughs> and Screech. We're not even going to talk about poor Screech. Screech is dead. Yeah. <laughs> It's just sad. Look at Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, he's kind of bonkers. There's some issues there. <laughs> and it's not just... I've liked him in most of the roles he's played, but... How dare you? <laughs> I mean, it's the same thing with kids singers. If they make it through and then you have all the problems with models, they're always worried about their weight and everything. So that creates problems mentally, emotionally, physically. There's just a lot. It's hard when your parents start relying on you for money and yeah. you're that young. That would yeah. be that's not a responsibility children should have. Slum Dog Millionaire, another huge movie. Yeah. The child the girl in that movie, the little girl, her her father killed her. Huh. Like was was parading her around the town for money, like in their small village. Wow. And then at one point she said she wasn't gonna do it anymore and he like beat her to death. That's nuts. That's horrible. What a downer. You know, let's not talking about that, huh? <laughs> let's go <laughs> back to Because it seems like the more I think about it, I well, keep thinking of more and more, and I'm not there, having it fun. It goes the other way, too. That uh, the actress from uh, that 70s show, Mila Kunis. Yeah. She, start, she started that show by lying, getting on the show. It's mm-hmm. too young. But once she started making bucks, like millions of dollars, she her parents won't even let, the, let her pay for dinner when she takes them out. Like, they take absolutely zero from her. That's good. She wanted to buy them a house. They said, no, you can't do that. Hey, man, you know what? <laughs> My kid hits it big, wants to buy me a house. There ain't yeah. nothing in me that's going to be like, no. <laughs> or it could go the other way, and she's just going to walk at you in the middle of the night in the dark with a knife going, I'm acting. <laughs> oh, yeah, I don't know. That's the problem. That's the gamble you take. <laughs> which way, which way could, is it going to go? <laughs> I just think that... <laughs> If you are going to put your child in that, if they start saying they're not comfortable, they don't want to do it, you should listen to them and let them do what they need to do. 
because this is their life. That's my only the one, I think the ones that went nuts are kind of the ones that got pushed too hard to go through it. Yeah. I know there's probably tons of people out there that have loved it and don't have any issues. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure if they are, they had a lot of support. But anyway, we... Straight way off topic. Yes, we did. <laughs> I know I started wanting to find that mug, sh- mug shot I was talking about. It. Jake Jake Lloyd was the actor's name. Actually, you know what? It looks like he might be doing much better now. Yeah. Maybe I exaggerated it. I did love that town, though, how they came across it and how oh, they yeah. stopped camping. And we've all know that when something dies in our woods, the smallest little animal, it has to be the worst smell in the world. So I don't even, with that first scene when they all stop, when they're drinking, they're around the bonfire, and that's believable. Yeah, that that was something I was having trouble remembering, was all that stuff with the smell at the beginning. Yeah, it's a great touch, though. When they stumbled, when she fell into that pit, and that hand was sticking up, like, in my mind, I thought, I mean, that was a real hand. Yeah. I'm telling you right now, I'm like, oh, they just found bodies. (laughs) No. (laughs) I wouldn't even need to have seen the hand. Me fall into a pit of dead animals i would have been <laughs> yeah. screaming tearing off my clothes i don't care who is there it's not staying on me <laughs> no i'm not tearing my clothes off and rolling around in blood no i mean <laughs> after i got out it wouldn't have been a thought oh. of staying in those clothes it would have been like i need to get out of this and whoever has drinks water it needs to splash to me now <laughs> those clothes are precious keeping the fluids from getting on my flesh <laughs> <laughs> Not even just the town, though. The town's amazing. They built the entire town as a set. That's yeah. that's that's so cool. a great achievement. The House of Wax itself yeah. is such a a beautiful building. Yeah. And then when you find out the entirety of it is wax, the floor, yeah. the walls, the ceiling, that's just such a dope idea, All man. The furniture. Mm-hmm. Like, I love the touches where they put um, Vincent's name on all his artwork mm-hmm. when he was younger, showing how proud they were of him. And you could see kind of where his mind was going. And how they duct taped him to his Yeah, Bo was the one they were <laughs> proud of. Bo was the one they gave cereal in the beginning. No, Bo was the one, when you look at the movie, it shows the the pieces around his wrists through the whole movie that he, where he got tied. He was the bad one that kept That doesn't getting... make any sense, though, because you see the child. Don't you see the child's face when he's eating the cereal? And it's not deformed? They never showed his no, face. No, they both had deformities on their faces because of because they were separated. They were attached at the head. Yeah. Hmm. You're going to have to go back and look. That's what that, that's what that deformity right on his face was. That's, that's, that's where they were attached. Well, the, but I was thinking that Bo was... Vincent's the, one, Vincent's the one that had the damage on the right side of his face. Be, right? I think so. I don't know. I just know that the one that we met in the chapel, his uh, arms come up a little bit. You see his wrists have like marks showing he was held down constantly. It's the twins thing, man. You put twins in a movie and it fucked <laughs> me right up. <laughs> we did, looking at the DVD earlier... Oh, are we going to do the movie Twins anytime soon? I want to. <laughs> I get them confused, man. Is that Danny Schwarzenegger? Is that Arnold DeVito? I don't know what's going on anymore. We might have to give them a couple of weeks to get away from the twins before we pull that out. Twin, twin, twins. You might think there's something we're like kneeving against him. <laughs> <laughs> you might have to turn it up because I think they say his name when he's in the thing. Oh, you're right. You have the remote, Bob. It's on mute. Yeah. Let's see here. Sorry, people. 
Village Roadshow Pictures. Pretty cool logo. Dark Castle Entertainment. Love Dark cooler Castle. Log- way cooler logo than Village Roadshow. <laughs> All the Puppet Masters have Dark Castle. Again, music's very good. Music kind of reminds me of Edward Scissorhands a little bit. Mm-hmm. I just love it. With the pot boiling with the wax all around it. Yeah, I was really ready to just tear into this stupid movie and then and then like saw a, it and was like, wait a minute. It's like a creepy slash whimsical kind of tune. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very oingo boingo. <laughs> yeah, whichever kid that is, he's just psycho from the beginning. <laughs> yeah, and I was wrong. They don't show you don't see the, the other child's face either. But you just got to assume. I mean, if the other one is fine looking later... Yeah, when they showed the images of the twins joined together by their heads. They though. do, and they explain that's what it was, but and then you find out at the very end there's a third brother. <laughs> was it just one of them? Can you fast forward it until we meet the There's old Paris. I think the other girl's prettier than Paris Hilton. This is way later. It's whichever brother had the marks on his hands was the bad one they were fighting with so much. That was the one in the house itself that was in the house most of the time, right? The one that was him. He was the one that had the marks. So on that's Bo. Yep, that's Bo. And then the other one's Vincent, the one that was creative and knew how to do artwork. But he was telling him that he was a monster and he was disformed and he was that. I think he was right. feeding on his insecurities, making him do stuff. I thought that was Andrew Garfield at first. I feel like he's got a hint of Kurt Russell in him. A little bit. <laughs> Mute it, Bob. One of our patented. Movies Against Time Breaks. Yeah, I'm getting some Kurt Russell now that you say that. (laughs) The House of Wax, the ultimate dimension in terror, comes to the screen in Stereovision 3D. Vincent Price, at his diabolical best, will take you room by terrible room on a journey to the ultimate chamber of horrors. Stereovision 3D will synthesize before your eyes the terrifying reality of it all. In Stereovision 3D... House of Wax. And we're back with Movies Against Time. So during the break, we realized I was wrong. <laughs> Bo was the evil, crazy kid, and Vincent was the good boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he just wasn't acting out as he was as a kid. Bob had a pretty good point that kind of <laughs> kind of craps all over the idea of the movie. He's like, "What? do they ever say where this place is like at, like where they are in this? And I was like, yeah, Louisiana. Is, yeah, so they're in Louisiana, and the house is made of wax. Yeah, what, <laughs> in what, one of the hottest southern states. What happens in the middle of the summer? Yeah. <laughs> How does that house survive? <laughs> well, that's dangerous talk, Bob. You should keep it to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Maybe they have a very high AC bill. It'd be like 105 <laughs> degrees outside, just... Oh, let's go in the house of wax. It just melts on you. (laughs) I feel like they're completely self-sufficient on their generators because... Air air conditioned really well from the inside. (laughs) Yeah, because they said the town had been lying dormant for 10 years since what had gone... There was something... Was that a mill that had gone down? Something where they lost jobs, where they no longer had anyone going through between that and the highway no longer going that way. What was the purpose of all the lights in town going to one circuit breaker in the House of Wax. I I think because they like having control of it and being able to pretend that they that's a real town. So they turn it off around if eight they're, if they're or something. like at one of the buildings in town and they want to go to the building next door, they gotta go all the way back to this other house to turn the circuit breaker around for the building next door to the house they're already in. 
I'm pretty it's sure not, all the it's circuit. It's not very convenient. That's <laughs> what I'm getting at. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like it'd be more convenient because they're always at their house. <laughs> they want to go to the movies. They just turn the movies on before they leave. So everything will work in there. <laughs> but I did think that was a pretty cool effect to be able to pinpoint where they were. It showed yeah. you some way that they, they made the sense. Wrong position. Yeah. Flicking switches trying to turn on a light. Otherwise, it would have had no clue. I love when they first, when Jer- I guess Wade is his name, Jared Padalecki. Yeah. And what is Cuthbert's name? So bad at Carly. podcast. Carly. When Wade and Carly first get into the town, you hear, you do hear people talking and you see like the curtains come across. Someone moves the curtains and looks out and then closes them quick. Yes. Yeah. And like, there's, so there's, it's not necessarily a ghost town, but then you find out towards the end, it's all just rigged. For for it to look oh, like yeah. people exist like in the town, the the sounds of people talking were all TVs. The animatronics of opening the curtains and closing them, yeah. old radios playing on tape recorders to go back with the sessions from mm-hmm. the church. Yeah, and- when they walk in on Bo at that that funeral, and they they run out because they realize they just walked in on a funeral, and he comes out and yells at them. Then later on, they go back to the church and realize everyone else that was at the funeral was just a wax figure. And then you also have the pet store with the little puppy's tail wagging. That was the animatronic. Yeah. So that's why, I mean, in 2005, there were a, a lot of kind of crappy horror movies. I'm just going to say that. And I have gone back and watched a few of them recently. And agree, like, like take the same year, another remake, uh, House on Haunted Hill. Yeah. Movie sucked. Yeah, it wasn't good. Speaking of Liam Neeson. <laughs> And, but and that one, they just really relied on that CGI in, in the dumbest way. I think we, we even we touched on it when we did uh, one of your picks a while back. Michael J. Fox, the, the Frighteners, the Frighteners, that really cool effect of of the ghost coming through the wall. Yeah. Or no, even earlier when we did Nightmare on Elm Street, how they did the effect of Freddy coming through the wall. Oh, the, and it like, looked like really the cool. Wall was stretching because they made the wall like a stretchy fabric. Mm-hmm. And then we watched the Frighteners, and they did the same thing, but it was all CGI. And we mentioned how that's crappy, like but it's the same thing with the uh, House on Haunted Hill remake. Yeah, there's something to be said about not relying on that CGI for this one. Yeah, for <laughs> most movies, <laughs> when it would be easier to like building a wax house would be the difficult step to take, but they did it. Yeah. I think there's less people in the industry that can are capable of doing that kind of thing now, just because of all the CGI. Just been go, they've been relying on it. So I much. mean, they've been taking out all the art from schools for elementary and anything where that's where your first love starts is when you're younger for things you'll end up doing when you're older, and when you're taking out the music classes, your art classes, the wood shop classes, they don't even have cooking classes anymore. I know, yeah. So you're taking out all these things. People aren't going to know how to make oh, a cake man. from scratch. I would argue that people are still there. I would argue that the artists are still there, but Hollywood can't pay them when they're too busy paying $400 million to have The Rock in the movie. Yeah, true. Really. That <laughs> is so very they true. have to cut the cost of that by they're no longer hiring skilled artists, they're hiring. People that can make it look like that on the computer because they just put half their budget into, well, half their budget goes into marketing and the other half goes to The Rock. Yeah. Well, that's just, <laughs> but them doing that, there's making it where people aren't going to want to 
know how to do those things anymore because they can't get paid. Even the CGI stuff is getting to be more and more expensive now. That's crazy. In a way, it's not worth it. Like I watch uh, on YouTube. Shout out Corridor Digital. Yeah, Corridor Digital is a really cool YouTube channel to check out. They're they're a bunch of guys that do they do CGI. They'll go over movies that had terrible CGI and they'll remake it in, in like an afternoon. And they do it for cheap and they show you exactly how they're doing it and the really? stuff looks fantastic. <laughs> it's actually getting cheaper to do the CGI, which which makes sense because technology is getting better. Right, but what I'm what I'm saying is I think I think the skilled individuals who are doing it who have contracts with the studios are starting to charge more and more. Maybe, yeah. I mean, <laughs> like, like maybe maybe it's possible to do it cheap, but they're charging studio ridiculous like like because they can. What was it fifty years ago? The government would pay two hundred dollars for a toilet seat. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just just because they're in contract with these people. <laughs> I think there's going to be more and more of those people that can do it CGI wise. I'm saying because more kids are learning yeah, technology. Yeah. But you're going to get less and less of the Stan Winston's, the Jim Henson's, yeah, the guys that were famous for making fantastic things in real life. Yeah. And the more you you do that in your movie, the better your movie's just going to be every time. Yeah. Look at look at the thing, John Carpenter's The Thing versus the remake of The Thing. Yeah. Or Total Recall versus the remake of Total Recall. Yeah. It's it's the the big difference there is CGI versus practical. Yeah, the practical effects definitely. I think I think if, when they're done right, they look a lot better. Yeah. Even and for me, because I I like some crappy stuff, but even when it's done wrong, it, <laughs> yeah. it doesn't take me out. It makes me love it. It like makes me like the movie more. It makes it special. You know. You know what comes to mind is Gremlins. Hmm. Gremlins. They looked great and horrible at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like you could tell for sure it's not a real creature. Right. But it was done in a way where it, you're still in the moment. And also, there's something to be said about, like, making a practical, like, like you know, a real physical space, say, gremlin versus a monkey or a lion. Yeah. Because we know what those look like in real life. Yeah. We don't necessarily know what a gremlin would look like in real <laughs> yeah, life, so we buy it. Yep. <laughs> Sorry. I got stuck with the idea of being waxed and the hair removed off your body. Yeah, they do Jared Padalecki <laughs> dirty in this movie. Yeah. He gets turned into the wax sculpture, but while he's still conscious. Yeah, the first time I saw this, I had the vibe that him and that girl were going to be the two at the end. Yeah. Like, maybe he, he'd, like, sacrifice himself at the end and she gets away, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're so but, used to him being the hero. Yeah. I mean, that's that's Walker, Texas Ranger right there. <laughs> I didn't see this movie when it came out. I've seen it probably a few years later after I'd already got used to seeing him in Supernatural. Yeah. So I that, saw that, it that's probably where I got that out. mindset from for it. He now he is one of the last survivors in Friday the thirteenth. Yeah. I just thought it was messed up. They took him out with his Achilles heel. So bad. Whenever uh, I, I know, see that, that was movie, bad. it gives me the creeps. This movie and Pet Cemetery. Pet Cemetery. You got and, the old man across the street with the Achilles heel. Yeah. And also, um, one of the child's play movies too. That was a big Chucky move to be under the what bed and like stab at the. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just one of those areas you don't ever want somebody touching it you. Like it gives me. You. Yes, it gives me the worst heebie-jeebies. It's not like getting stabbed in the leg where you can get back up and start running. No, no. you're down it's, for the count. That, that's I mean, it. That leg is non-functional anymore. Anyone who has <laughs> bumped it just bumped it against something <laughs> yeah, yeah. like those old hard metal. Bed frames. Yeah, yeah. This is a good example. Yeah. yeah, that's every time I've seen that in a movie, it's just I get the worst cringe. 
Yeah, that's worse than seeing somebody's neck get like sliced. At least you're out of your pain and misery. It's done. <laughs> yeah. You're dead in like a couple of minutes. You're actually having to deal with that. It's actually kind of stupid how weak we are once you take out our ankles. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> I mean, who was the one with the Greek myth that got taken out that way? Achilles. Yeah. That's just <laughs> stupid. Yeah. Uh, Pretty much what it was named after. Yeah. <laughs> My last uh, big fight as an adult. Yeah. <laughs> Just a drunken, dumb night that went on to the early morning <laughs> and then just kept drinking and then up and had a fight. I had pushed a guy off my porch, launched him off my porch. And like, you feel pretty good when you launch a guy that far. So I stepped <laughs> down kind of with some pride. And the moment I stepped down off the porch, stepped on a rock wrong and twisted my ankle. And it was like, that's it. That's it. <laughs> yep. There was no, I couldn't. <laughs> There's no standing. Yep. Fight's over. You lost it. Yep. That's what sucks about being bipedal. Yeah. <laughs> dog, same thing. Yeah. Ha- same thing happens to a dog. He's r- still running on three feet. When the Gregor <laughs> went down that day on the flight, that, Oof. oh my God, that was the cringes. Yeah. And that's that feeling. <laughs> same thing with John Jones. Not John Jones. Uh, Anderson Silva. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just, that's it. It's, it's not even fun to look at, ever. no. I can't watch any of those type of videos. I hate it. <laughs> Skateboard videos, all that stuff. I kind of wish the roadkill guy had gotten more time on the movie. I liked his character. He's a creep. He was, <laughs> He but- played a great creep. Yeah. He was a convincing creep. Yeah. <laughs> and waving at the end of the movie at them as they're going. But petting the family dog. Why, would <laughs> they have, why did they have her change her shirt in front of him? That was weird. It was like, <laughs> it must have just been in the script. She has to take her shirt off for a second or something. I don't know. <laughs> they made her sign it in her contract. <laughs> I don't know. But like I said, I mean, I if I had I nasty want, stuff on me, I would be gone. You don't want all that stuff on you, but I mean, this weird stranger coming up. <laughs> well, they they kind of put <laughs> might their... wait a few minutes to change. <laughs> Do you guys know, it's Brian Van Holt is the one that plays Bo. Yeah. Did you know that he also plays Vincent? Does he really? Yeah, they just put him in makeup, and he's wow. he's both he's both characters. <laughs> I think they only had them on screen at the same time, maybe once or twice, or made it look like they're on screen. Yeah, one of them had the wax mask, and that's when Bo had gotten shot with the arrows, and they came in. And he's yeah, that just... really threw me off about this movie. The ones that you were would have expected to die in the group, the the one guy survived. I would have expected him to get killed because it's usually the cocky ones in these horror movies that get killed first. I think he didn't get killed because they made us feel for him, kind of. Like she was saying he was the evil brother and everything. And he wasn't the one that stole the car or crashed it. He just covered for his friend, took the blame and everything, lost his scholarship. Now, how do you feel about Wade's car, the beast? The blue thing? Which one was Wade's car? Wade is Jared Padalecki. Oh, the red one. Oh, yeah. That was kind of dope. <laughs> 1968 Dodge Charger. Yeah. Can that man be in in any media without having a dope muscle car? <laughs> Listen, if oh, he no, was just... Was he driving Walker? <laughs> I good? still haven't. I haven't seen the show I yet. I still haven't checked it out yet, but I heard it's very subpar. Really? No, <laughs> I don't know. I, I've not heard anything about it, to be honest with you. Yeah, no, me neither. If you just <laughs> left the damn car, no one would have died. Yeah. You didn't want to leave it. He needed his 15-inch, what was it, 
I don't know, but I can I can promise you that that's the way I would die if it wasn't for like if it's it oh if you just leave you'll be okay but you got to leave your 1968 Dodge Charger I'm gonna die probably <laughs> I'm not just gonna leave that fucking car there it's not like oh I can just get another one they make them all the time no they don't make these anymore just Why so you know 68? Bob and this between oh, his car that, and me and my kids we're leaving him in the car as of last year that's not even true anymore what. They make bodies for that car now, full, complete bodies for that car. Yeah, but you know, you, you can, know it's you not. Can, with its own VIN number and everything, you can build it. But you know it's not. <laughs> I doubt the metals and they're, are strong. And they're carbon fiber bodies, so they're like half the weight. I don't care. It's the history of the vehicle. I know. <laughs> yeah, you know. I know. I'm just saying. But technically, you can have a brand new one. <laughs> belt. That's what it was, a 15-inch belt. So I wish they did cars like that like they did the Volkswagen. That Volkswagen, that same model of Volkswagen bug they made for like 40 years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Companies shut down, stopped making it, and other countries took that model and started making it again. So, when we pick our least and, and most favorite scenes, do we have to do least and, and most favorite for each movie, or can we have a favorite scene from one movie and a least favorite from the other movie? What are the rules here? <laughs> It's whichever way you want to do it. I don't care. Okay, so then my... Dude, how is that not Andrew Garfield? My favorite scene... <laughs> it's a toss-up between two different scenes in the first one. Yeah. My favorite scene, I think, is going to be when Sue knocks the mask off of Vincent Price. And it shows his grotesque yeah, that was creeper cool. face under it. For For the year <clears throat> 53... That was fantastic. They edited that pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Least favorite is going to be uh, whenever Paris Hilton has a talking line. No. <laughs> I was thinking that one was when um, Paige is running away from Vincent going through and the knife was coming up, her reactions to it. I didn't really like her running away from the knife and going up the stairs and everything and her yeah and panties very much. <laughs> I think my least favorite from the first movie is probably the fire scene at the beginning. Wow. It was too much. That was that was why it was a toss-up for me, because that also when the wax figures melting and the fire. No, that, that looked great. It wasn't it wasn't necessarily that aspect of it. It was it was when the, they were fighting more, more together. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, like that's that fair. Either. That's a dumb that was yeah. dumb. Yeah, yeah. That, that fighting was but the scene, so unrealistic. The scene was also the other one I wanted to pick as my favorite. But. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the melting part of it was great. Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, that, that same scene I could see, I, I'd probably say that's my least favorite and favorite. That's like, that's a, that's a scene <laughs> you could shoot one time. <laughs> there's a certain aspect of it that makes it my least favorite and another right. aspect of it that makes it my favorite. The, kinda, the idea behind why it happens is kind of iffy. Yeah. The other, the more modern movie, my least favorite, I have to agree, involves Paris Hilton. <laughs> the scene in the car where she stabbed the guy she stabs him with that that stick she had uh-huh and then gets out of the car and immediately disregards the stick yeah yeah, yeah. and then it goes through her head but like what <laughs> you just gave up your only weapon yeah <laughs> and then you laid down what <laughs> my least favorite from i, I know I'm I, just poking fun at paris hilton's fun <laughs> but I think it might be with jared padalacki in the wax museum when he goes to pet the dog and it barks at him Oh and yeah, he fucking falls. That was actually I kind of like that. <laughs> that was good. I felt like it was like a way too dramatic reaction to it. Like now you're on your ass. What? That dog was completely motionless. That was funny. <laughs> yeah. The dog trolled him. It was great. Yeah. But his reaction just seemed over too much. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's hard with both of these. I, there wasn't a lot of really terrible stuff. Yeah. I really liked how they got most of their story with not having to go into it dramatically with Which... the twins and the mother and everything. Mm-hmm. They one... got everything basically put together really quick. And I like that. Which one did we decide his name was, this guy? That's Chad Michael Murray. No, 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 His no, character got... name is Nick. Oh, Bo? Bo. Okay. Yeah, sorry. Yes. I, I like how Bo keeps getting locked out of his own stuff. Yeah, yes. he sucks at it, man. <laughs> he got locked out of his shop. He got locked out of his truck. <laughs> Favorite scene in the newer one is probably going to be the same for everybody, but it's when the house of wax starts melting. I love when, when Vincent, the one that's, I guess we're deciding is the one in the mask. Yeah. When he's just busting through the wax walls, chasing after oh, people. Yeah, yeah. So good. Terrifying. Like the walls aren't going to say, you can't go into a different room. Yeah. <laughs> so good. I did like that a lot. I was so pleasantly surprised with this one. It's really towards the end of the movie. The first half is kind of generic slow. 2000 horror movie of the kids party and all that. Right. When you get towards the end, man, it, it really takes off and becomes something its own. It has that, that stain of the early 2000s horror, but but it, it you really it can't it lump up. it in with everybody, all the other ones. Yeah. You kinda, it kind of conveys that sense of urgency for like the whole last 40 minutes of the movie yeah a lot of times they try and do that and it doesn't come across so if i had to rate out of 10 i would put this is this is crazy <laughs> all right i'll go first okay <laughs> the the original one the 50 what was it 53 yes that one i'll rate i'll give that an eight this seems about right the old five i'm gonna go seven that's where i'm at i'm feel like I'm right with you. I've been I, making a point. I, I, I almost wanted to rate them equally at an eight, but there was a couple things that bugged me about the second one. <laughs> so, I don't know. Yeah. But also, the, then you got the, the amazing visuals. So, it's hard mm-hmm. to... Like this. When he's trying to help Jared out or Wade out of the wax and realizes it's... The wax has already replaced his flesh. Yeah. God. That was good. <laughs> Yeah, I'm at an eight for the new one yeah. for 2005, which is which is insane because it had such a bad review and I remembered hating it so much. But going back with today's eyes, it, it's so good, visually beautiful movie. Uh, one thing you're that, making me so happy over here. <clears throat> the one thing that really killed me about this one was, and I hate to harp on it, but it was I didn't like Parasol in this. Yeah, but luckily That's, she's not here. You know yeah, she's no, the, she's she's the first one that was cast for the movie. Really? They casted her first. They basically built the movie around her. Wow. Which is nuts for a supporting character. And she's what, the second one killed? Yeah. <laughs> was this like one of her first movies? She had had a horror in two thousand two. Really? I forget the name of it now, but hopefully it's I don't know. You know, it's it's okay not to be a good actor if you're already Super rich and famous, and, <laughs> yeah. and, and He's famous just for being rich. Yeah, so <laughs> I don't feel bad saying you know you're not really good at acting because I don't feel like you went to an acting school. Yeah, look yeah. at Robert England went to went to like an acting school for eight years and then only ended up being Freddy Krueger, which yep. he made lots of money doing it, but yep. he's trained acting for eight years just to do that. And they're got- all they're all getting pressed to try and make another Freddy movie. With, with England coming back. Really? Yeah. Of course they are. He's the best. They're, they're pushing for it, but I haven't heard anybody agree to it yet. Mm. I always felt like those movies kind of hurt themselves by becoming too campy with his one-liners. Yeah. Once he became like, 
Oh, see you on the big screen, bitch. Was that <laughs> a remake where they replaced him with another actor? Yeah, the guy who plays Warshack. He's so, horrible. That was so bad. Yeah. <laughs> Went for it, though, you know? Yeah. <laughs> they started talking about it when they announced that they were going to do the, the new Halloween. So I'm at eight with the 2005. I'm at eight with yeah. 53. For different reasons. They both have their own strengths and their own weaknesses. Yeah. Okay, so with the 53, my... Besides for the wax burning, and because that one's just awesome. That's just a given. My other favorite part was when oh, he yeah. went and killed his partner. And he has him hanging in the shaft for... Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that. Down. I love the cleaning lady's response. <laughs> like, I liked everything up to that. It's the first time you really see him. He comes out of the shadows. He spooks him. Mm-hmm. Like, that whole thing makes me very happy. My least favorite scene is probably with Sue checking out Marie Antoinette's ear and stuff. I didn't really care for that very much. Just scratching at her face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the stuff with Sue felt You could odd. tell she just wasn't into it too much. Yeah. Things. Phyllis Kirk, and all the stories she talks about hating being on the movie, it's like, it shows, Phyllis. Yeah. <laughs> so that would be... I think I'm going to give it a nine because I liked it a lot. Those are kind of my That's genre fair, movie. Yeah. What about the newer one? The newer one, I'm about at a... Can we put this? I didn't think about this scene, but I can add this. <laughs> Paris Hilton in her red underwear. Yeah, that was her, her little... best scene. Was it? Yeah, because she wasn't talking. <laughs> I guess, man. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, if this is the draw that got people to watch this movie is, oh, you might be able to see Paris Hilton get naked or something. It's on the fucking internet. Yeah. You can find it. I know. But it's uh, probably this, around... This, a- this scene didn't involve any acting, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably around eight, and I think my favorite scene for this movie is... I kind of like it when she's putting everything together and she's seeing the house... Where she's walking through and she's seeing the chairs and everything after he tells her the story. Mm -hmm. I like that because I like more storytelling for me when when things start getting put together. And now for Sylvia's guitar solo. (laughs) And my least favorite scene. Sound like you're getting ready to play the Halo theme, by the way. At least we've seen this when they're stuck in traffic. I just didn't think it was needed. Yeah, we got to turn around and go back and check on them. Like, you're in that traffic. We can tell you're not turning around. Yeah, you're not getting there for about three or four hours (laughs) just because the turnaround's going to take you that long. I just didn't think that was very needed in the movie. Yeah, this whole episode's gone in a completely different direction than I thought it was going to. Yeah. It's kind of fun, though. (laughs) For sure. Like, absolutely. Like, two weeks ago, when you announced what you wanted to do. I immediately thought it was going to be, you loved the original and hated the second one, and we're going <laughs> to just no. compare the two and want to bomb the second one. <laughs> That's I what I expected you to do. <laughs> love this one, yeah. but I'd never seen the other one, so I was assuming that most likely I was going to like the original a lot more, but I still love this one. Yeah. I just don't like it was just barely based on the original. <laughs> yeah. I was getting ready to say, me and Bob were checking out the special features on the DVD of this 2005 House of Wax. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we found a alternate opening scene. Yeah. Usually you see the alternate endings. There's an alternate opening. I don't think I've watched that yet. It's called <laughs> Jennifer Gets Killed. Huh. And it's a character that's not in the movie, obviously. Yeah, her 
part got cut all together. <laughs> her cars broke down the side of the highway. She's on phone with like tr- uh, AAA or something. And you see the truck, Bo's truck. Okay. Coming flying at her. And you think, oh, he's going to hit her. Yeah. And he drives right past her, grabs her out the driver window by the head, and slams her back into her car's windshield. And she, like, dead. Face first through the glass. Through the glass. But they actually show Bo doing it? No. No. Just just his arm out the window. Yeah. Okay. But it's his truck. It's him. I could see where they may have wanted to introduce the truck later, but I still think that scene was so good that you should have fit that in somewhere. Yeah. It was only, like, a total of like a minute <laughs> did you see when she was doing the scene for falling down and screaming she made everyone else do it because she felt stupid doing it no yeah she made all the other actors and people on set do that Paris she, you're talking about yeah god because she didn't want to do it <laughs> I did like that she was kind of a good sport about doing the supernatural episode in the wax museum oh yeah mm-hmm. they even have D- Dean has the joke like I never watched wax- House of Wax <laughs> I never even saw House of Wax yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sam kind of looks around <laughs> and then Paris Hilton straight up in the episode yeah as a wax figure <laughs> well Supernatural is big for that <laughs> did do. you figure out your pick oh I know what I'm picking week? what is unfortunately, it unfortunately we don't have it on VHS <gasps> what are we gonna do that's the only way I... to watch the movies anymore I suspect we have it on DVD okay what is it my pick for our next episode for the first time ever in Movies Against Time history. <gasps> Do you pick horror? I'm picking a genre no one has picked. Uh-oh. We're going to go with Tombstone. Western. Yes. But, but these ones are long past. I'm going to introduce Westerns to the podcast and we're going to do Tombstone. That sounds Man, good. Man, it was like pulling teeth to get you to watch The Magnificent Seven. Lesser movie than Tombstone. <laughs> yeah, that was good. <laughs> I think Young Guns might be better than that one, but that's fine. <laughs> Young Guns was the other one I was toying with a couple of times, thinking about yeah. picking a Western. But I like the sequel more than the original, so it was one of those things like the Ninja Turtles, which I still have to pick Secret of the Ooze eventually. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Tombstone <laughs> is my pick for the next right. episode. I'll be your Huckleberry. <laughs> if you like what you heard. Please subscribe through any way you get your podcasts. Leave us a review, five star, hopefully. It really helps the show out, helps us grow, and helps us move from... The thing is, we it really behooves you. Because the sooner this thing grows, the sooner we can go to weekly as opposed to bi-weekly. Right. Just get more shows. Once we can dedicate more of our time to just doing this. So, five star reviews will help us on our path to a weekly podcast. Also, you can write us at matpod at mail.com. We have an Instagram, Movies Against, a Twitter, Movies Against. And until next time, I'm afraid that the visit of such a distinguished critic may cause my children to become conceited. To you, they are wax, but to me, their creator, they live and breathe. No doubt the years have changed me. (laughs) 